Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. Man, it's so good to see you today. You look so good. I'm glad that you're here today. Today we're uh, concluding our series called Daring Faith. And if you missed any of that, you can catch it online. But today we're going to talk about daring to wait on God. Daring to wait on God. I don't know about you, but there's a few things, there's uh, the, one of the few things, I shouldn't say that, I was about to say one of the few things that aggravate me, but one of the things that can aggravate me the most, let me put it that way, is waiting. Anybody else... Anybody here just does not like waiting? Anybody besides me? Okay, yes, there's all the type A people right there. They are. Uh, you know, waiting is something that I just really uh, don't enjoy, and it's something that God is really having to work on me with patience, and, and, and that has been a work in progress. But you know, like, we hate waiting in traffic, don't we? We hate waiting at the, at the doctor's office. As a matter of fact, I hate the waiting room. How about you? I even, like, when we, you know, we take our kids to Six Flags and we have to wait in line. I mean, it's like waiting, waiting, waiting is everywhere. But what I've noticed about waiting is this, is like, you will know that the nicer the restaurant you go to, usually the longer the wait time. You ever notice that? And, and maybe there's a reason for that, because maybe good things do come to those who wait, right? And so today, as we talk about that, I just want you to know that that waiting is something that we have to learn. It's a step of, of, of growing. With all our children, they have to learn, children have to learn the difference between no and not yet. Did you hear that? Children have to learn the difference between no and not yet. And you know, so we could actually say this. We could actually say that really uh, waiting, learning to wait is being mature. And there's been many times, that, that being the case, I've been very immature you know, because I've not been one to waiting. Okay, we've clarified that. Enough about me. <laughs> but I just want you to know that it's, it's a sign of maturity. And so today, there's a lot of things that I want to tell you that have happened in your life that probably happened because you were impatient. Matter of fact, there's probably many of you sitting here today that you are paying a debt that if you had to go back and do it over again, you would not have signed that note. You were impatient. You just had to have it. And then it strapped you. There's some of you today that are dealing with broken hearts because you were impatient on that relationship. You jumped into something that you wish you hadn't have jumped into. And so we can learn a lot by waiting. And so today, I want to tell you that uh, the Bible has a lot of stories about waiting. Matter of fact, the Bible is a book about waiting. Have you ever noticed that? Like, you know, if you read the story of Noah, you know, Noah waited 120 years before it actually rained. Whoa! 120 years. Come on, God. I mean, hey, we got a big boat here, you know, Lord. Come on, yeah, any day. What about, what about Abraham? 
Abraham was 100 years old before God gave him a son. And he'd been promising he'd be a father of many nations. I mean, 100 years. Come on, God. What's going on, right? And then we have a guy by the name of Moses. And Moses, you know, had this dream and belief that God wanted him to deliver the people. And he had to wait 80 years for that to happen. And Joseph, a young man who had these dreams about, you know, how, that God had given these dreams of how he was going to rule one day. And, and he had to wait 30 years for that to come to pass. So the Bible is a book of waiting. Why is it waiting? Because it's in the times that you're waiting is that it takes faith to grow. You're demonstrating faith while you're waiting. And it is faith that moves God, not formulas. You know, you, you, you have a tendency maybe to watch these pastors or people, you know, or television evangelists say, you know, well, if you do one, two, three, then, then you'll get your prayer answered. No, no, no. I'll tell you what gets prayers answered. It's faith. And sometimes part of that faith is waiting on God. Look what the Scripture says. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11 says this. God does everything just right and how? On time. But people can never completely understand what he's doing. Amen, amen, and amen. Sometimes I'm like, what are you doing, God? Hello! You ever feel that way? Okay, this means yes. This means no. You ever feel that way? There we go. Okay, I just want to make sure it wasn't by myself. There's four things that we do while we're waiting. So I've done an acrostic, and this is things that I'm learning. I want to teach you as I'm learning about waiting. So I want you to go ahead and look at the, uh, the uh, letter W. And that means this. This stands for write down. Would you write that down? Write down the lessons I'm learning. Waiting is always a season to listen and to learn. It's always a season to do that. Why you're waiting. Matter of fact, there was a song I was listening to the 104.7 the other day, and there was a song called, While I'm Waiting. While I'm Waiting. The numbers uh, 33 and 2, listen to this. At the Lord's direction, Moses kept a written record of their progress. What he was talking about was that when God uh, delivered them out of Egypt and the Jewish people out of Egyptian slavery, and, and the reason we had the first five books of the Old Testament is because Moses wrote down the things that God was saying. He wrote it down. He wrote it down. And also, I want to tell you this too, this lesson about Moses and, and the desert. You know what? There's always a wilderness. There's always a wilderness before there's a promised land. Did you hear that? There's always a wilderness. There, you always have to go through the wilderness to get to the promised land. And so Moses, as he's leading God's children, you know, it's, it's amazing to me, it's just really ironic, how that God delivered Moses and the children of Israel, the, the Jewish people, he delivered them like in 24 hours, he said, okay, we're going to do this last plague, it's out of here. And in 24 hours, they was out of there. I mean, they'd been in slavery for 400 years. In 24 hours, he said, this is it. They let them go, and they took off. And one day, God delivered them. But guess what? Going to the promised land really would have only taken just a couple weeks if they really would have went straight there. But why? Why did they have to stay in the desert for 40 years and wander around? I'll tell you why. Because God could deliver them out of Egypt in 24 hours, but it took him 40 years to get Egypt out of them. 
You hear that? So maybe, just, just maybe, okay, I, I don't know, just maybe. Maybe while you're waiting, maybe God's trying to get you ready for the promise. Maybe there's something inside of you that He's trying to get out of you so that you can handle the blessing of the promise. You see, if, if, you're not, if your character is not ready, God is more interested in your character than your comfort, by the way. just want to tell you that. If your character is not ready to handle the blessing, then the blessing becomes a curse. Do we agree with that? Like, you know, we've heard the stories of people that have, that have, that have been very wealthy in our, in our country and how that they passed on the blessing to their children and their children's character was not ready for the blessing and it destroyed their lives. And so sometimes the things that you're praying for and you're asking God for, if you're not willing to wait and work through the process, if you're not willing to pass through the wilderness in order to get to the promised land, then you're never going to get it. Why? Because God is not going to let His blessing become a curse to you. He wants to bless you and your character has to be ready for that. Has to be ready. One of the things I would tell you to do is, is in this journey is to, is to keep a journal. If you see me coming in and out of our church office or our meetings, you somewhere, most of the time I have a backpack with me. Inside of that backpack, I have a, a, a little spiral notebook that I keep with me. Matter of fact, I try to I, I meet with God like at six o'clock in the morning. That's just what I habit that I've had done for years. And and every time I read the Bible, I try to write down something in that journal that said something to me that day. Just to me, I'm not at six o'clock in the morning. I ain't thinking about you until I'm start praying. Okay, so it's just me and God. God, you got to talk to me. And then, but also, if you were to go to the front of that notebook, you would find life lessons that I've learned. I have written them down. Things that I've learned that God's taught me. You say, why would you do that, Jeff? I'll tell you why. Because, see, some of you can't remember, but I have a good forgetter. I have a good forgetter. Matter of, I have a way of forgetting things. And so, lessons that God's taught me, if I don't review them, then I forget them. And guess what? I have to go back all through that all over again and go through the pain of it again. And so, I have to keep writing them down. So, I encourage you. You know, whether it's electronically, maybe you do it on your phone or whatever you do, just keep a journal of what God's teaching you so you don't have to keep repeating it, right? You don't have to keep repeating it. So Psalms 119.33 says this, Teach me lessons for living so I can stay the course. That's my prayer. I want to finish, don't you? I want to finish. I did a funeral this week of a lady who's 49 years old. Picture of health, massive heart attack, gone. Every time I do that, it reminds me that one day my day will come. And when you attend my service, I want you to, I want you to say, Jeff, finish well. I want my wife say, Jeff, finish well. I want my children to say, Daddy, finish well. How about you? What do you want said? You want to finish well? I believe you do. And so today we're going to talk about that. Sorry, I'm a little choked up. <clears throat> Let's move on. The letter A. 
Would you write this down? Act. Act. Act as though I already have it. Now, I want to tell you that the reason I have you write that down because we typically waste time in our waiting time doing three things. One of the things that we do is we wonder. We say, why, Lord, why, Lord, why, Lord? And the other thing that we tend to do is that we worry. We say, how, Lord, how, Lord, how, Lord? And then the third thing that we do is that we do this. We whine. When, Lord? When, Lord? Don't you see me, Lord? God, help me, Lord Jesus. <laughs> we start whining. You know what? So, so you can see that, that we wonder, worry, and whine. But I want to tell you this, that, you know, complaining to God never moves God. Complaining about God never moves God. Do you, you, you believe that? So many times we wonder, God doesn't love me no more. God won't do this, and God won't do this, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. I want to tell you, complaining about God and complaining to God doesn't move God. It's faith that moves God. And that's why we want to be, we begin to act like when you're praying about something, we want you to go ahead, and, God wants you to go ahead and act like you're, you're already getting it. And look at what the passage says. Jesus said this in Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Listen to this. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in what? In prayer. What's the next word? Would you circle that word believe? Believe that you have received it, and it will be well, whose? Yours, right? Okay, so let me just help you out. That word believe is not just saying, okay, God, I believe you're up there. No, no, no. The word believe means this. It means that you change your actions, right? When a person says, I am a follower of Jesus, I believe Jesus died for my sins, I believe he rose from the dead, I believe that you're my Savior, I believe you're my Lord, what they're saying is, my beliefs are changing. And so when my beliefs change, my actions change, right? You see, you won't, if you don't believe it, you will never change. But once you believe something, i got a stupid little squeegee hanging in my shower right now. Because somebody told me 10 years ago, said, you know what, man, People have this mildew build up on their shower door all the time. Said, but you know what? I, I found out if you just put a squeegee, squeegee right there in your, your shower and you just squeegee that door off right before you get out of the shower, you won't ever have that problem. I heard that and I said, that sounds good. Some of you, lights going off right. Some of you going, oh God, my wife's going to put that in there now and I got to do it. But I did, I did that, and you know what? For over 10 years, every time I grab that squeegee and, and we'll clean the shower door right before I get out, it takes about 30 seconds right before I get out, hang it back up, it's because I acted on it. I, I heard it, I believed it, I acted on it. See, when you believe something, you act with anticipation. Ladies, how many of you in here have ever had a child? Let me see your hand. Okay, so we got a lot of mothers among us, Right? Something happened to you one day, and, and, and you decided, oh, I may be having a baby. And maybe you went to Walmart, and, and you bought that little box with a little thermometer-looking thing in it and to see if you were pregnant, right? When Rhonda and I, those first come out when our son was, when Rhonda became pregnant with our, our son like uh, 24 years ago, they first come out, and we went to Walmart. And I never will forget that. We went to Walmart. We lived in Toccoa, Georgia. It was a real small town. 
And she, we went to check out with that thing, and I'm standing there, and all of a sudden the little smart edit clerk run that thing, and back then they had to type it in, you know, I typed in the thing, he went, bingo. <laughs> like, you little, you, shut up. Just shut up, you little punk, you know. <laughs> but what I want to tell you is this. From that moment, all of a sudden that, that stick lit up. She went to the doctor and confirmed that there was a baby on the way. And then guess what? All of a sudden, everything changed. I mean, like, we went to the doctor. Now you've got to take these vitamins, and, and you, you know, you've got to eat better. You know, you've got to do all this stuff. And then also they gave us a book. And that book, you know, I mean, I went and I devoured that book because I wanted to know about what everything's going on. So Rod did have a little pain, and I said, okay, well, that's on page 196. You are having this. And had Dr. Dawes right here. She wanted to slap my jaws, right? <laughs> but anyways, but what I'm saying is, is that all of a sudden, we started planning. She started eating differently. We started having baby showers. And all these things started happening. Why? Because there was a, a we knew that what was going to happen, right? And you know, ladies, what they say? They said, when someone's defining you, when you uh, become a child, they say, she's expecting, right? Because the baby's on the you are expecting a child. You're pregnant, you're expecting. And you prepare because you're expecting. And when, you're, when it takes faith while you're waiting, is that you're learning to expect. And you're acting in that way. That, you know, many of you never have your prayers answered because you don't act like they're going to be answered. When you start moving, when you start acting like, and you start believing what God is saying, then it changes your actions, and also it relieves the stress as well. Look what the Bible says. This is our memory verse, Mark 10, 27. Jesus said this. Let's read it out loud. This has been our memory verse this whole series. Let's read it out loud. You ready? Come on. Here we go. On the count of three. I'm sorry. One, two, three. You ready? Here we go. All things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. Do you believe that? All things are possible with God. All things. That means whatever thing you got. Okay, everybody look at me just a second. Whatever you got right now, whatever you've been praying about that seems impossible, I'm telling you, all things are possible with God. There was a man, the reason that Jesus told this story, there was a man that came up to Jesus and said, you know, I really want to follow you, I want to follow you. He said, okay. He said, I've kept all the scriptures since I was a little boy. And he says, what am I lacking in? And Jesus knew, the man said, I'm lacking something. Jesus said, I'll tell you what. You're a very rich young man. You've probably been handed down to you. Why don't you just go sell your possessions, give them to the poor, come back and follow me. And the man dropped his face, walked away and said, uh-uh. And the disciples said, wow. He said, what's, what's happening, Jesus? And they said, well, this man's, this man's wealth had him instead of him having his wealth. And they said, well, can a rich man go to heaven? Jesus said, it's difficult when this thing's got him or her. But he said, all things are possible with God. And so today I want to tell you that. All things are possible with God. Maybe you come in today and something's got a hold of you. And it's kept you, like your faith right now, like you believe in Jesus, but you've never believed to where it changes your actions. It changes who you are. That's what it's called being saved. He becomes the Lord of your life. Maybe that's you. Today's your day that you let go. And there's a prayer in our program to help you 
take that step. You don't need me to be there to do it with you between you and God. And so in our program, there's a prayer. It's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. It leads you into that. And if you mean it in your heart, you can be saved today. The only thing I ask you to do is check it on the back of your card that you made that decision so that we can pray for you. Okay. Now that takes us to the next letter, the letter I. The letter I is immediate. Uh, the letter I is imitate. There we go. I'll get it out in a second. Imitate the habits that grow strong faith. Imitate the habits that grow strong faith. Now look what Hebrews 6 and 12 says. It says this. We do not want you to become what? Come on, shout that at. We don't want you to become what? Lazy. lazy. That's right. We don't want you to become lazy. But to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Notice that. Imitate that. Go to the next uh, passage. Philippians 4, 9. Paul writes this. Would you read what's underlined with me? Come on, let's read it out loud. Here we go. Keep putting into practice. Notice this. You got your pen ready? I want you to circle some words. Keep putting into practice all you learned. Would you circle that? Learn. And receive from me everything you've heard. Would you circle that word heard? From me and saw. Would you circle that word? Me doing. Notice what he said. He said you're going to put into practice what you've learned by hearing and seeing me do. And then notice what's underlined. Let's read that last statement that's underlined together. You ready? Here we go. Then the God of peace will be with you. Notice that. In other words, you have to practice before you receive. You have to put it into practice. And so today, there's a, there's a way that we've done that. And inside of your program, there's a, there's a sheet like this. Would you take it out, a little card like this called our Core Four? And if you've been here the last couple of weeks, you notice that every Sunday since January, I put this inside of your program. Why? Because I want you to, I want you to learn and the only way you learn is you put into practice. Man, I can't do this for you. Listen, I, I, I so much want, I want your life to be better. I so much want that for you. I pray for you. I ask God to help you. But you guess what? I can't do this for you. I, I can only teach you. You know what you can hear from me and see from me. That's what I, I ask you to put into practice. Then it will change your life. And so I tell you, if you want your life to be different this year than the other years, then you have to make some steps. You have to do something different. And so today I want to encourage you to, to keep connecting, keep growing, keep serving, and keep sharing. So I have this card. Take it out. There's a little blank beside the card, a little box. As we walk through this, I want you to go ahead and score yourself. I want you to write down a score, and I'm going to tell you about that. Why? Because you, until you recognize where you are, you can't move up. You have to recognize where you are. Like, you know, I do this crazy workout every, at uh, P90X a couple times a week. And when I do this workout, I have a sheet that I have to write down. I have to write down how many reps I did and how much weight I did. And you can look at me and tell I don't do a lot of weight, okay? I'm a little man, all right? That's the way it is. And so, um, but anyways, I have to write down why. Because if I'm going to progress, I have to know where I've been. And I don't have a clue, and it's good having a clue. So spiritually today, we're going to go through your weight reps right now. We're going to see where you are so that you can improve. You ready? So how are you doing? Attending church service at least three times a month. Did you do that this month? You know what? If, if you've been here four times or five times, it's a five-Sunday month. If you did that, why don't you just go and give yourself a big old ten with a smiley face? I mean, hey, 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 you knocked it out of the park. But if you're here today, 
And maybe this is your first time this month. Why don't you just write down a two? Needs improvement. And maybe if you've been here two times this month, why don't you give yourself about a five and say, I'm moving there. Score yourself. Then our connection groups. You know, if you signed up for a connect group already, then I want you to give yourself about a seven because, listen, signing up is different than showing up, right? <laughs> Ooh, got you right there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you did. All right. So, I want you to put a seven if you signed up, but you know what? You're intending to show up. You've got every intention of showing up. You just go and give yourself an eight, all right? Then after you show up, we'll give you a ten. All right. Then growing, listening, reading to God's Word, or listening to God's Word, 15 minutes a day, at least four days a week. If you've done that, why don't you just go and give yourself a ten? But maybe if the only time that you're hearing God's Word is on Sundays, then maybe you give yourself a, a three. But maybe you've done it one or two days, why don't you give yourself a five or six? You see, until you recognize where you are, you can't get better. And so, then serving. You know, yesterday we had an opportunity to serve here. There's many people that served through Pump It Up. We had like 100 volunteers. Maybe you served there and you served someone else. So, maybe you served at SEC like three times this, this uh, month already. Why don't you go and give yourself about a 15, <laughs> okay? But maybe, maybe you've only served maybe one time. Why don't you give yourself about a six? And then if you haven't served at all, won't you give yourself a one because that means that you recognize where you are and you've got to step it up. And then sharing. Sharing. Bringing people to church. We want to bring people to church. Why do I encourage you to share your faith? I'll tell you why. Because when you're discouraged in your faith, and if you, if you get discouraged in your faith, the best thing to do is share your faith because every time that you share your faith, you find joy in your faith. Sharing your faith makes your faith come alive in you. That's why we're to share your faith. And so that's why I want you to invite four people to come with you to church this year. And so if, if you're like me, like I, I've gotten one person to come already this year that I've invited, and I'm inviting other people, so I'm going to give myself about a four right there because I'm working on that. You know, maybe you've gotten four people to come with you already, and it's January, hallelujah, God bless you, you know, give yourself a big ten, you know. But the rest of us are still working on it. So right where you are, right down where you are, now you say, Pastor Jeff, why are you so anal about this? I'll tell you why. Look at me. Look at me just a second. Here's what I want you to know. If you're growing spiritually, when you're spiritually active, it's hard to be spiritually distracted. Did you hear that? I wrote that down this week. When you're spiritually active, it's hard for you to become spiritually distracted. And when you get spiritually distracted, that's when you get into all kinds of trouble and all kinds, your life just falls apart. I want you to be spiritually in tune with God. Listen, God can't even direct a parked car. So if you're not going somewhere in your faith, God can't guide you if you're just sitting still not moving. Baby, you've got to put that car in the drive. Lay the hammer down and say, let's go, God. And you throw yourself right into, right into developing yourself spiritually. And guess what? You're laying the foundation. Why? Because I don't want you to just show up for church. I want you to go up this year. I, want to, I don't want you to just be ordinary. I want you to be extraordinary. And this year, listen, as your pastor, God has is, God is put in my spirit. It's my job to encourage you and get you to take a step of faith that your life will not be different. And listen, this year, I'm going to stay at, at this course 
with you. And I'm going to encourage you. Why? Because you're not going to stay the same. Whether you like it or not, you're going to grow spiritually this year. <laughs> okay, I guess you don't like it. That's right. What is that? I'm encouraging you. I love you. You can be better. You don't have to fight every night in your marriage. You don't have to do that. You don't, you don't have to have all the financial stress. You don't have to have that. You can be better. It can get better. This is not all there is. It is better. And listen, it's not right for me to have better and you not have better. I want to teach you to be better. Amen. You can be better. So on your connection card, here it is. You ready? Write this down. Check this box with me, please. I will do my best to put into practice the core four spiritual habits. Check that box so I can pray for you. By the way, please turn in your connection cards. Because listen, we pray over these every week. And if, and if you don't turn it in, we can't pray for you. So write your name. If nothing, I'll write your name on it so we can pray for you. Okay, that gives it takes the letter T. And that is this. You ready? Trust God. Trust God. Instead of panicking. Now, any time that God seems late, He's really preparing for a miracle. See, the Bible is all about that. You know, it's all about, that's why you should read it, because it builds your faith to know that God's up to something. Like God was, one time God was, you know, God had, a, a, or Jesus was uh, walking around in another town, and he had a friend that was sick. His name was Lazarus. And Lazarus' two sisters sent someone to tell Jesus, said, hey, Lazarus is sick. We believe if Jesus comes, he can heal Lazarus. So tell Jesus to come on. Jesus got the word, and he just kept on teaching anyways. He just kept on teaching. Sort of ignored Lazarus, you know, like Lazarus' sisters, Martha and Mary, they got ticked off. And so Jesus finally comes strolling into town, strolling into town. And they get there, and they said, listen, man, you are too late. You are late. Matter of fact, you're so late, we done, we done, he died, and we had his funeral, and we done put him in the grave. You are late, man. He says, really? He said, yes, really. He said, well, anything is possible if you believe. They were like, well, you know what? We believe that, you know, in the, at the end time, you know, you're gonna, he, his body will be resurrected. He said, no, 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 no. I want to tell you, if you believe, he can live now. And they said, oh, well, we believe, but, you know, he's been dead four days. Hello, four days, you four days late. He's dead. He's graveyard dead. And so they, so they walk out, and, and Jesus starts walking to the cemetery over there. And again, his, the cemetery was, they, they, they was a hole cut into a rock, like a cave. And, and they had a stone rolled in front of it. And as he's sitting there, you know, as he's looking at that, he's weeping and crying. And then all of a sudden, Jesus said, hey... I'm going to tell you, you've got to start taking action. Move the rock out of the way. And the lady said, don't you move that rock. He's been in the grave four days. He's going to stink, man. You, you're late. He's stinking. You're that stinking late. And he moves it. And so sure enough, he gets them, they move the rock out of the way. You see, their job was to move the rock out of the way. That was their faith. That was their belief that he was who he was. said he would do. They had to move the rock out of the way. And then Jesus said, hey... Lazarus, get yourself up out of that grave and come here, man. Now, I, see, you've got to read the Bible like me. You don't, you don't, read, you don't read it quite like I have to fill in. I'm ADD, man. I fill in all the blanks. 
Lazarus, come here. The man comes walking out of here like, yeah, Jesus. And all of his grave clothes, why? Why did he do it? Because Jesus said, when you think he's late, he's preparing you for a miracle. Don't you give up because your timing is past. I'm telling you, you hang in there with Almighty God because he's doing something you cannot see. Your job is just to believe and move the stone. His job is to call that that is not as though it was. Amen? Amen. I know this is, I know this is better than you thought it was going to be. I know it is. But I got one more thing to tell you, and then I got to shut up. You see, some of us here today, we can learn a lesson from the Chinese bamboo. The Chinese bamboo is this you, you plant the seed of a Chinese bamboo, and you water that seed, and you fertilize it. And see, people like me don't get to see the miracle because we give up and we don't see nothing happening in about, you know, shoot, three days. Come on. But you have to water and water and fertilize. One year, nothing's happened. Two years, you have to keep watering and fertilizing. Nothing happened. Three years, you water and fertilize and nothing happened. Now, shoot, I'm, out, I'm way out of here by then. I'm telling you, I'm sorry, I'm done. The fourth year, water and fertilize, nothing happened. The fifth year, water and fertilize, nothing happened. But in the sixth year, because you've watered and fertilized, one night you wake up, and when you wake up, that Chinese bamboo is three foot tall. 24 hours, it grew three feet. And then the next day you wake up, and the next day you wake up, and six weeks, that thing is 80 feet tall. You see, what I'm trying to tell you is this, is that what you could not see going on in one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, is that, that that those root system was growing. The character of that thing was growing. Why? Because it was going to grow to be 80 feet in six weeks. And I'm telling you, some of you right now, you say, I've been praying. I've been reading my Bible. I've been giving my tithe. I've been doing everything I know to do, and nothing's happening. Let me tell you something. Something's happening, baby. You just can't see it. You're growing on the inside. God's getting your character ready. You hang in there. Don't you give up don't you quit why because you may be in year one yeah year two three or four or five but listen six years coming sometime and god's going to come through and the miracle is going to happen in your life amen don't you give up look what the bible says here we go in galatians 6 and 9 and let us not get tired of doing what is what what is right, let us not get tired of doing what is right. For after a while, I want you to write the word I. Would you just put the word I instead of we? Come on, you ready? Here we go. For after a while, if I, say I, I, I will reap a harvest of blessing if I, say I again, I, I don't get discouraged and what? Give up. That's God's word for you. Would you stand with me now? I know some of you think, that's a madman up there. That's a crazy man. You're right. But I'm going to tell you something. I will do whatever it takes to get you to believe. I want to pray for you now. And after I conclude this prayer, our, our worship team's coming out to sing a song. We're going to have some, our prayer team come down. And today, if you just need someone to agree with you to pray, they'll be here. Or if you just want to come down and kneel to pray, the altar's here. Whatever you want to do today, release that faith. Let me pray. Father, today in the name of your son Jesus, we believe, oh God. 
Father, I just ask you today that you would move in the hearts, the lives of every person here. Many of us have been waiting, oh God, but now we're waiting and we're, we're beginning to act as though it's happening. And I pray, God, that you will begin to do a work in us, oh Lord, and through us, that we can receive, that our character will support the blessing. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, sing this with us. I hope you enjoyed the mess today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at sccview.net. Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.sccview.net and click the Give link at the top of the web browser. And there's many ways that you can give there. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. It is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel. God bless you.